opportunity for a white space. And so our first brand is a brand called Heavy Grass. It's going after the hard rock heavy metal audience. There's no other brand in cannabis that's targeting that audience. There's 28 million hard rock heavy metal fans in the U.S. alone. 25% of them consume. I think that's probably low. It's about a $1.5 billion market opportunity, right? And it's kind of crazy. We're the only brand that's actually going after this. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls, we are joined by Keith Hoffman, the CEO at Engager Brands. Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me here. It's really great to have you. And we, as we're talking before we jumped on, I'm super excited to have an opportunity to talk to somebody about one of my favorite topics, brand building, with someone who's generally recognized as an expert, as a co-founder of Prohibited. You raised the bar on what was possible in cannabis and not just possible, but was necessary for building brands in cannabis. I want to kick things off, maybe discussing the challenges of building a brand in cannabis. Why have so many so-called brand building experts left the industry with their tail between their legs? That's interesting. I mean, it's not just in brand building, but, you know, across the board, I've seen a lot of executives come in, especially during the rush of 2018, when all the money was flush in and some CMOs, some chief brand officers like running out the door screaming because (laughs) they couldn't use their same toolkit, which is available to them in any other industry. Because in cannabis, as we all know, there are a lot of different restrictions and hurdles and and bars that you have to jump through. And so I think that's, that's a big reason why a lot of people leave the industry is because hey, you know what? We can't build a brand buying ads on Facebook or on Google. We can't leverage a lot of these same platforms. And it requires you to actually be a lot more creative because you kind of have to think outside the box to really build a brand. And that's not everyone's comfort zone, right? Like I think the people that have kind of ended up gravitating and sticking it out in this industry are the people who are obviously they're the true believers in what the industry can become, but they also are the ones that like to try to figure out how to push the envelope and figure out what's next and carve their own trail. And that's kind of what we were trying to do at Prohibited was just like, hey, you know what? When we started that company back in 2015, the content and the brands were pretty horrible. I mean, there's still some work that needs to be done, but it's come a long way in that six, seven years. Yeah. And you know, like I think I'm going to call this cannabis 1.0. A lot of the brands, I think, come at it backwards. They're like, we're going to throw out our brand and then we're going to find the audience. Counting on fate in order to make that work. It's got to be luck if that happens. I think to create a brand, you really got to go after the audience that you want and build the brand according to that. Do you see that changing in Cannabis 2.0? We're certainly trying to help lead the charge on that. I do see that's the path forward to success because that's what works in every other industry in the world. (laughs) It's like you generally go, okay, who is our audience? And then let's build backwards from that and figure out what products make sense for them and and how we're going to reach that audience. And look, it's, it's understandable, right? Like because of the fragmented, ways that this industry has had to roll out the fact that there's no interstate commerce by the nature of what you're doing you are limited to the audience that you can market to which is a very localized audience 
there's a little bit less pressure there because just getting your product onto shelves is really the most important thing versus building a brand. But for any of the brands that are going to have longevity in it, and I do see the 2.0 is where this is, is starting to happen and will continue to happen, are the brands that are built with an audience in mind from the start that build an authentic connection to that audience and build brand loyalty. Because I think we were talking a little bit about this earlier, Dan, it's like in, in any other industry, like people actually kind of go into the store already knowing what they want. They're like, I'm a, I'm a Nike guy, or I'm a, I'm an Apple guy or whatever it may be. And all of the hard work was done before to build up that brand affinity and that brand loyalty. And we haven't really seen a lot of that yet in cannabis. And so, no. Yeah, so I, I really do think that 2.0 is where we're going to start to begin to see some of that. And I also hope more brands start to be created, not only from an aspect of like who is the target audience, but with a national and or international audience in mind from the outset, because this is going to open up, right? And the brands that are going to win are going to be the ones that have a more universal appeal to that yep. target audience. I, I say that, that, that we create brands that are going to travel well, right? Because <laughs> it's like this audience exists everywhere and it's very easy for them to understand. It's very a easy for a retailer to understand. It's like, oh yeah, we have these people in, in, in our community. So I, I do think that you're right. It's uh, 2.0 and, and I've heard some people call this 3.0 cannabis. I don't know what, what .0 it is, but regardless, we, we've, we're entering a new phase, especially coming out of the pandemic. And, I, and I'm very excited. Well, let's talk about Engage a Brand. You're building brands for specific communities that have been overlooked as sort of the white space within the industry. Tell us, how, tell us some of the targeted areas that you're focusing on right now. Sure. So I'll give you a little bit of you know, insight into, into how we approach deciding what, what brand we're going to launch. So we look at what we consider to be an underserved audience that doesn't really have any brands within can the cannabis industry specifically targeting them. And then we kind of overlay that with, do they over-index in consumption right now? Just those two things. And then you could put about I'd say probably 30 or 40 of those onto a dartboard and shoot a dart at it. And you've got an opportunity for a white space. And so our first brand is a brand called Heavy Grass, but it's going after the hard rock heavy metal audience. There's no other brand in cannabis that's targeting that audience. There's 28 million hard rock heavy metal fans in the US alone. 25% of them consume I think that's yeah. probably low. It's about a $1.5 billion market opportunity, right? And it's kind of crazy. We're the only brand that's actually going after this. We talked a minute ago about how difficult it is to advertise and how you got to think outside the box. You got to skin the cat a different way. And you guys are doing some creative stuff and the community that you've gone to has helped dictate some of those ideas. Maybe explain some of the just more creative methods of, of marketing that you're using to get to this community. Sure. So this community it very much is about going out to concerts and festivals and being with others that are like-minded, that love the same music. And obviously during COVID, it was you know challenging for us to do this in the same way uh, that we're able to now start to do it this year. 
But for instance, so we have this van, we call the van Axle Roads. And it's just this tricked out like early 90s van that we put shag carpeting and put metal posters up inside. And we've got a Nintendo machine in there and a stereo and a smoke machine. And we can take that out on the road with us. And people just gravitate towards it. Sure. And that's that's one example of, of an innovative way. And we'll take that to the festivals. We'll take that to outside the concerts. We also will take that to dispensaries. It speaks to the lifestyle and it's authentic and, and people love it. And those are the t- kinds of marketing activities that you have to come up with that are a little bit unique. It's going to where the people already are, right? That you're targeted versus just trying to blast out a TV campaign or just a Google campaign. And let's face it, cannabis and music, they're experiential. And so you need to be where these people are experiencing them, usually together at a lot of these concerts. Yeah. And you're the only one there too, because it's not like your Bud and Bud Light and Coors Light and Coors all trying to get to that same, you're the only guy there targeting these markets, which is great. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. I I remember one of the first times that we took Axel on the road and we had an activation and we've gone into other states that aren't even legal states sometimes because we do sell other things. We sell apparel, merch, accessories, because we're all about building the lifestyle. And so if anything that that we want to present fits that lifestyle need, then we're out there. So we were actually at at a festival in North Carolina of all places. We had the longest line out of any of the other tents there for the entire show. And we had people literally crying, saying, I have been waiting for a a brand to come and speak to me. And it was like, or I've got, my sister's got such and such an ailment. And the only thing that helps her is cannabis. And the fact that you're a cannabis brand that speaks to her and her lifestyle, this is so inspirational. And like, when are you coming to North Carolina? Oh, that's way cool. That is way cool. We won't have time to talk about this, but just I'm just thinking licensing. There's all kinds of opportunities there. Just go on and on and on. Let's talk about raising money. I know you did a ton of raising when you were at Prohibited, so you have a lot of experience behind this. Will you be raising any money to fund this growth of, of Engage Your Brands? We will. We raised some money. It was more of a pre-seed sort of friends and family around. We did have some institutional early stage cannabis investors come on board that have been incredibly helpful. And that was to allow us to get these first two brands. So we have Heavy Grass, which is the the metal brand. And then we have a brand that we're just now launching called Neon Roots, which is focused on the electronic dance music and rave scene. Completely different audience, completely different product sets. But we're going to be now raising some additional capital to take these brands outside of California. Because right now for the THC products that we're offering, we're only in California market. And we're getting a lot of inbound interest because we have such active Instagram followings. And we're known as the hard rock brand for having, you know, that. And so people are going, hey, we've got a lot of metalheads. Can you come to our state? And so in order to be able to, to support that expansion, we're going to be raising some additional funds. Man, that's exciting. I'll have all of Engage Your Brand's information in the show notes. So if, if you're, you're interested in 
learning more about the investment opportunities, or if you're interested in maybe helping them get into other states, I'm sure somebody from their team will be happy to talk to you and, and see where this goes. Keith, it's been great getting to know you. I so enjoyed this conversation. Like I said, I love talking branding with an expert and it's a great opportunity for me to pick somebody's brain. So thanks for doing this today. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it, Dan, and happy to talk anytime. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why isn't the endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.